Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick, but you may call me Nick. This is a weekly radio show on WPRK featuring makers, artists, and professionals who are doing something neat. Consider subscribing to the show on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get podcasts and visit toacertaindegree.com where you can also find past shows and information on guests and information on becoming a guest. That's right. The guests on To a Certain Degree used to be people just like you at some point. Now there's something more. If you or someone you know would like to take this journey from your current larval stage to beautiful butterfly, hit me up on most social media channels that are currently available and not selling my information. Sumac on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here every week from 7 to 9 a.m., which is very, very early in the morning. And luckily, I have some amazing guests that choose to show up. This week is no exception. Kevin and Maria Ruiz are here. Good morning, guys. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. You guys do the Papayama pop-up. Uh, so that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you here. I was hoping you would bring food. I noticed there's a there's a certain uh, lack of food there that you brought. There is no food with us today. I'm so I sorry forgot. to disappoint. Uh, but you do this. It's a it's sort of a passion project for you. I was reading about the article that was just in the Orlando Sentinel, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that because they not only talked about what it is that you guys do, but also you know the whole idea behind a pop up. So. Mm-hmm rather than go out and try to find the funding and just start a restaurant and you don't know if it's going to work or if you have the right location, uh, this is a great way to build up. Uh, you have a, you have an audience, you have fans, you have, you know, you're trying out new things, you're trying out the menu items, you're building your social media empire. So I want to learn more about that because you guys are way better at that than I am and probably will ever be. And so, but first I don't know you guys at all. Uh This was sort of a blind invite. I was like, do you guys want to come on? I have a radio show, and you trusted me enough to uh, just come out today. Yeah. And it turns out I do have a radio show, so nice <laughs> job. You guys are really smart. And so we're going to get to know you a little bit better. We're going to get to know you through a game, and maybe you guys will get to know each other a little bit better. Oh, you You've been I married so. for a couple years now? Three years. Three yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So there's probably nothing left to learn about each other. <laughs> it's probably all right. over from that respect. The mystery is gone, but we're going to play a game so I get to know you a little bit better. Okay. It's called, uh, I wanted to do something cooking related. So it's 20 questions, but instead of saying yes or no, up or down, you're going to say out of the frying pan, mm-hmm. if you're for something, or into the fire, okay. if you're against something. Okay. All right. Out of the frying pan is perfect because I happen to visit you guys at your regular pop-up at Red Light, one of the last ones you'll be doing for now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, out of the frying pan was a good way yeah. to describe it because <laughs> you were busy. I got there about an hour and a half in, and you were already sold out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good job. Very disappointed, <laughs> but I'll live. Uh, so out of the frying pan is great. You, it means you sold out. Everything's good. Into the fire, uh, that, I'm not really sure what that means. Maybe you dropped it mm-hmm. into the cooking area. But yeah. in yeah. general. Fire sounds, sounds bad. For, fire yeah, so. in general is bad. Yeah. yeah. Unless you say it, fire. Uh, fire. That's true. That's, that's true. Right. <laughs> fire. All right. So let's talk about uh, something seasonal right now. School just got out for everybody. Summer camp. 
Yeah. So are you uh, out of the frying pan or into the fire on summer camp? Did you ever attend summer camp, I guess, would be a better question. For me, with. it's, well, it was into the fire, I think, growing up because I definitely wanted to stay at home, you know, play video games well, all day yeah, over sure. the summer. That's what it meant to be at um, the summer. And as a kid, I didn't like waking up early. Okay. Uh, so, so I'll go into the fire for that. Yeah, it sounds like an into the fire. Really? I never went to summer camp, but I kind of wish that I did. I have nieces now, and I hope that they have a chance to do it. I feel like, I don't know. Well, first of all, it gives mom and dad a break, right? (laughs) Yeah. But also, I don't know. I just feel like you get to build these skills that are probably helpful when you're growing up. So there's all sorts of varieties of summer camps, and mm-hmm. so sending my kids, they've done film camp and coding camp and acting camp. Yeah. And this, that. that sounds cool. What camp would you go to, Maria, and then what camp, Kevin, would mm-hmm. you reconsider at this point? Coding, for sure. Coding? Yeah. Really? I mean, I've taken, I think I've taken um, your little brother to a coding activity before, and I think okay. my niece still is in She one. was pointing at Kevin at that point. <laughs> I don't have a little brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kevin's little brother. Um, I, I watched this video. I think it was a TED Talk, and it talked about how coding is beneficial for girls because it helps them learn that failure is okay because mm-hmm. you have to keep trying over and over again. So definitely coding. Okay. Frying pan uh, school camp. Let's, let's go with that. Um, no, no, I think, I think, yeah, maybe something cooking related. I like cooking. Oh, so why yeah, not? You know, that probably does not exist whatsoever, but skills. let's, well, here, let's start let's that. Let's do an adult do summer cooking yeah. day drinking yeah. camp. Yeah. Not kids. You probably don't want kids with, with all that, I'm, uh, no, I'm going to say hot no oil. to the kids. I'm just going to say, Kevin, you're, you're, uh, not going to want to deal with kids in terms of cooking anyway. That's true. Uh, cause they have, uh, often I've noticed with my kids, especially, sorry if you're listening, my kids are big listeners. Probably my only two audience members, but uh, they have terrible palates. I'll be honest with you; they won't try very much. So I brought my daughter with me when I came out to uh, visit your pop-up. She would not eat anything, of course. Oh no! Not because it's not good, yeah, but because she's waiting for the ice cream from Kelly's that I promised her to come with me that (laughs) night. I'm like, come to me, come with me to a bar. It's like, well, okay, yeah, because she's my daughter, yeah, uh, but only if I get ice cream, yeah, okay. Well, don't give <laughs> on up on to the next thing. Yet. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure it'll get better. Out of the frying pan or into the fryer, uh, or fire, excuse me, driverless cars. Oh, into the fire. Yeah, into for the fire. Sure. No, you're like, no, thank you. Well, you know, I did, I did read a criticism about those headlines. I have like the car that unfortunately killed that poor woman and. It also is like that's one accident in all of all of the other instances of driving. So mm-hmm. compare that to human driving, the accident rate is, I, I guess, lower, Sig- significantly lower. I don't know. Wait, the accident <laughs> rate for the uh, driverless cars is, is significantly lower. Yeah, like if yeah. you, yeah, that's so, what they say. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna backtrack now. What do you think? Definitely out of the frying pan. I think it's. It's bound to happen. I mean, sure. I've, I don't know how many years from now we'll we'll see a lot more driverless cars, but you know, I think I think it's interesting. So uh, we still... jump into one right now. Mm-hmm. Depending on how long the drive is, if it's more than six hours, I'll get in there just to <laughs> take a little nap in the back. And see, that's the thing. Like, if I could read on the way to work, or just mm-hmm. again, just yeah. get fifteen more minutes of sleep. Yeah, I'm kind of on board for that. I that's don't mind so giving true. up the control. Right. I, I would say so, but it is freaky when you read those. Those you you read the news and you say, hey, this person you know passed away because of a driverless right. car. It's 
uh, it's it's going to happen just in general, anyways, with with the regular uh, cars as well. But it is. I think it's freaky. Anything new, right? Change is difficult. Change, so I don't so. like it. That's what I learned in school. Unless Change. I'm trying one of your new dishes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go over to pop culture for a second. Out of the frying pan or into the fryer? Zombies. I'm going to have to say into the fire only because... You want to throw the zombies into the fire. Got it. Yeah. Well, zombies, obviously, I think of Walking Dead immediately. And whatever the last season was, I kind of stopped watching. I, we've, I've, not we, Maria doesn't, hasn't seen the show, but I've committed so much time that I wanted to see it through. Some but, closure. You yeah, but I think closure. it's, it's going on for a little too long. So just, just because of that, I'll say, uh, into the fire. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'd have to agree. I don't really have an opinion. No. <laughs> no Do you like zombie movies? Do you like zombie television shows? I just don't really tune into that sort of, I don't know. No, not no, really. So thing. I guess, no yeah, zombies? No, into okay. the fire. All right. Into the fire for both of those. How about coffee? Oh out of my the frying goodness. Pan into Out the of the frying pan. Yeah. yeah. Yes, for sure. Exactly. As you can see. Right, right. <laughs> I can see that right there. Is there a Peru? So Greeks have a certain style of mm-hmm. making coffee. Cubans have a style. Is there a Peruvian style of coffee? I like this. It's instant coffee <laughs> is what it is. So just some Sanka and go. <laughs> yeah. So so every morning we were just there recently in December. You know, you go to the table. There's the instant coffee ready, the hot, the hot water, and you just mix it, mix it in and... We've been pretty into the you know the whole artisan coffee scene, which is which sure. is amazing. Um, and I was actually very surprised that it was instant coffee was very good. It's not like some of the things that we've had here. Uh, it's it's a darker roast, I believe. It's just yeah. you know, um, it's it's actually a good good cup of coffee. So I'm not going to complain. Bad as you thought it was going to be agreed. Now, in reference to coffee in Peru, the craft coffee culture is just starting to to mm-hmm. kind of pop up over there. So it's. It's very interesting. I still think they're at least a good five years away from uh, from being like we are here in the states. But so great business opportunity in Peru. Let's go ahead and just talk to Foxtail about opening up yes, a shop down absolutely. there. I think do they that. would do okay. very well. Yes. Yes. And uh, all right. So how about the beach? Out of in the frying theory? pan. Out <laughs> of the know, frying I, I get pan. This, I get this a lot. <laughs> yeah. People love the idea of the beach. Yeah. But the actual going to the beach, I think if we lived, if this was Warman Beach or New mm-hmm. Smyrna or Clearwater or something, mm-hmm. maybe a different opinion because you can just go and then you can go home. Yeah. But here, because it's like it's an hour and then you're going to drive back it's sweaty so and hot. gross. It's oh, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Last yeah. summer we went with um, his side as a family and it was so. Well, we <laughs> forgot like uh, an um... pain, physically painful. Yeah. You could not walk on the sand, even with shoes on because it would burn right through. We lasted ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was we didn't after, bring one of those. After like an hour of driving, covers, and then, you know, yeah. thirty minutes of driving around. We were Looking there. for a parking space. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not a fan of the heat. So anything that has to do that's hot, no, into but into the we fire. Went to the Dominican for our anniversary, and we mm-hmm. were obviously on the beach, and it was beautiful. So I don't know. But was it, I think when it comes to being at a hotel, yeah. and if you're close by, exactly. then it's a completely sure. different situation. Sure. You can always just leave. Yes. You can go and out of the frying pan right into the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know you're supposed to shower first, but I never no, do. Nobody, <laughs> nobody showers. Hell? Well, I'm not going to shower. Point, really? Yeah. <laughs> I just shower before I get in a swimming pool. Swimming pool is basically, that's why they have chlorine in it. It's to clean me off. <laughs> Uh, so sorry, I get really, really. Let's hear it. Uh, well, let's uh, let, let me ask you: pool baths. 
uh, out of the frying pan or into the fire. Pool bats. Yeah, so you've just, let's say you have access to a pool, you've just mowed the mm-hmm. lawn, okay. uh, you've got to go run some errands, mm-hmm. do you take a full shower, do you just jump in the pool, and then go? Uh, Out of the frying pan know. or into the fire? Yeah, just get in the, into the pool. Yeah. yeah. Chemicals. Uh, maybe I would send you to the shower, because I feel like <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think we know where you land yes. on that. Uh, how about cursive? Uh, learning cursive. Oh. Did you guys have to learn cursive yes. as a kid? And I don't regret it. Yes. And you don't? <laughs> Do you still write in cursive? Um, if I'm writing a letter to my grandmother, yes. Oh, very nice. <laughs> or, you know, if I try, I'm writing like in the birthday card or something, I try to make it look nice and fancy. So, yeah, out of the frying pan, but I will say, I don't know when I, I tried, I attempted to write cursive again after many years, and it looked like a little child was scribbling <laughs> on, on a piece of paper. It was horrifying you know, i feel like um especially when you're talking about like communications with like you know whether it's a note for an interview or a, you know a thank you note of anything of any other kind um it's so important to do stuff handwritten nowadays as it just shows it more personal you know with your analog uh my your, typewriter stuff. I like yes, that. your so typewriter stuff. you're arguing against all my typewriter no stuff. no no i mean just like a physical like uh, like oh, a card, like somebody, you know, you took your time yeah. to like write it out or type it out and, you know, you folded it and you put it in a card. It's different than an email, you know? For sure. Yes. So. Okay, good. So I can continue using my yes, typewriter. Absolutely. Please do. Okay. Yes. I'm going to write down that Maria said it was okay. <laughs> Very good. Uh, this is interesting to me. Uh, so this is another technology question. Amazon Go. Have you heard of this? No. No. So this is their new concept store. It took them a while to open it up. It's basically a small grocery store, almost a, a convenience store, where you go in, you have to have the app open, mm-hmm. and there are people that work there, but there's no cashiers. Mm-hmm. You put stuff in your bag. There's cameras and other stuff tracking all your movements and tracking what goes into your bag and even what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. So if you decide you don't want the expensive shampoo mm-hmm. and you just want the cheap shampoo as... Some people are, myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put it back, you don't get charged for it, and you just walk out. So put stuff in your bag and go. How do you feel about Amazon Go? Out of the I recall pan. that now. Definitely out of the fire. Out of the frying pan, for sure. So like the idea, just I go in and get out. I love it. Get on with your life. I love it. Um, okay. But do you recall what city they tried it in? Is this it Seattle? Seattle, yeah. Seattle? Okay. Yeah, so that's still the first one. It's been open for a few months now. I think it's brilliant. Um, working out the kinks. Yeah, Amazon is doing good stuff yeah definitely uh, what about you, you know, what? i see the benefits i definitely see the benefits i just i i struggle with the idea that they're monitoring your every move but i guess they're already doing that anyway so yeah there's no All way right, around fine. it fine oh, out of the frame they are, they're 100% <laughs> yeah. monitoring you on right every now platform <laughs> they're seeing what you're doing on facebook mm-hmm. they see they're basically santa claus right they know when you're sleeping yeah. they know when you're awake true they don't care if you've been bad or good so in many ways they're better than santa claus that's that's true they actually want you to be bad yeah (laughs) they do yeah i know this bad equals you buying more stuff exactly go be just get into debt use the credit card don't worry about it just swipe 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 uh let me ask you about desserts here so let me ask you about cobbler so uh, do you like cobbler uh is that a out of the frying pan or into the fryer for you fire uh and then what are your favorite types of desserts Okay, so out of the frying pan for sure. You like cobbler? Yes, 
My sister, who I think is listening, makes an amazing cobbler. And (laughs) we should say your sister's a big listener. Yes. I also (laughs) seem to have a lack of cobbler from her. So this is just. Well, she is in D.C. right now. So that's probably a a contributing factor. But um... yeah, okay, I'll give her that one. (laughs) Next time I'm in D.C., though, we're going to cobbler it up, which is now my new catchphrase. There. I will say, I just want to make this a little spicy. All right, so I'll say into the fire. Yep. Only because... You haven't my, tasted my sister's cutler, first of all. Well, yes. <laughs> There's that. But my palate is similar to your daughter's for desserts. For whatever reason, I've, I haven't really evolved that much in the dessert realm. Oh, okay. And it must be a consistency sort of thing. Just with a lot of desserts when I was little, I just, ew, I don't want this. I don't want to eat this. Yeah. Uh, but, but I've been appreciating uh, and tasting desserts that obviously I've never have in the past. And um, I'm not a huge fan of cobbler, but I do think that I am getting there to where I'm really enjoying it. So I'm weird. I understand that. Um, but That's I'm getting there. The I'm getting there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what is um, so? I'm always interested in people coming from a, a different type of background. Like, what is your favorite dessert? What are some of the things you had when you were a kid? Uh, for me, it's it's the most it's the simplest thing, like a chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why when Gideon's launched, I mean, it's just it was it was not good because <laughs> I'm addicted. Right. Uh, so you're working over there in the kitchen, and you've got Gideon. It's so hard. It's, downstairs. it's just yeah. always in it's the background. Very, <laughs> yeah, very difficult. And you know how fast they sell out. Yeah. Yes. So you got to go down there. Yes, yeah. and the cookies are just right there next to me. I'm just smelling them the whole time. It's, it's magic. So, uh, yeah, obviously this episode is sponsored by Gideon's. Yeah. Thank you Thank so you, much. Sir. <laughs> so, so a chocolate, chip, a good chocolate chip cookie. You know, that's that's nice and uh, it's not overcooked or anything like that. It's nice and and, and juicy or not juicy, moist. Juicy. No, absolutely. Juicy, just juicy like a nice steak. Word. Juicy cookie, uh, medium rare yeah. chocolate chip yes, cookie. Please. Thank you. Thank you. What about you? <laughs> okay, so I'm a huge dessert fan. Like, okay. I will probably eat just about any dessert. Um, growing up, I made a. I I was kind of on the forefront of the cupcake wave, but obviously, I wasn't old enough to have a business of my own. Um, so I always was, you know, in in the kitchen baking and all that good stuff. And I've just recently started to pick that back up. So I'm excited to see where that goes, especially maybe perhaps for Papalama. Um, but as far as the stuff that we have from Peru, a lot of our stuff um, is based off of like the fruits that you'll find over there. So unfortunately it's really difficult to recreate over here. Oh, okay, um, yeah. So, um, but like, I don't know, we'll see. Hopefully we'll, we'll try to make something happen over here. The, I think... So everybody likes donuts. Mm-hmm. So we are working on uh, something called picarones, which every Peruvian knows. They're basically like a sweet potato donut um, with um, a chancaca syrup, which is what is the syrup like? So it's like a it, it's like a orange and pineapple infused honey. Okay. Um, and it's just absolutely delicious. It just awesome. has like That's a really, really deep, popular deep yeah. flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I'm really excited about it. I've been working yeah. on it for a while. And obviously it's healthy. It's sweet potato. Yeah. I mean, you know. It sounds super fried. Healthy, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm good. Low fat, Vegetables, low right? carb. Vegetables. Yeah, it's a vegetable. It's perfect. I love everything about that. All right. Uh, let's talk about something that just opened in Orlando, out of the frying pan or into the fryer. Uh, the Star Flyer. Have you seen this? This is the, the thing, big thing. Yeah. The, the biggest, tallest swing in the world. What? So you go up. 
and it spins you around and you're basically in a swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So is that something you're going to do? Into the fire. I am <laughs> such Into a wuss. Yeah. And not for that reason. I think it's just like, I don't know. I don't know why when Orlando does stuff like that, it just feels so gimmicky. Like I, re- I really wish that it didn't. Um, but mm. Where is this? Where is it located? It's right by the Orlando Eye. So it's right on okay. the yeah. That's it's what like I right figured. So it's interesting because you're going to have, obviously there's going to be some family crowds from the right. Universal area. But I love the idea of it being right down there mm-hmm. during the business conferences and guys in suits, <laughs> men and women in their like power suits you know are what? up there on the swing. For that reason, <laughs> out of the frying pan. <laughs> like now I'm down with Yeah. It. Uh, the older I get, I just get, you know, uh, I get more scared of some of these rides, right. like a Universal. I was going to say, really you know, odd. more crotchety. Yeah. yeah. More aware Dr. Like Doom. 28, 29. <laughs> Tower like, of Terror? No way. Get off of my lawn, kids. Yeah, no way on that. Tower of Terror. We actually, back in the day, many years ago, we tricked my grandmother to go into Tower of Terror. What? <laughs> it was absolutely horrible for her. For me, it was, it was actually great. Yeah, you were probably laughing. It was, I was laughing. Oh my goodness, that is. <laughs> she wasn't. She wasn't that awful. old, so it was okay. She was. She, she was, was in nice. good health too. She was. Yeah, oh, she was God. fine up until that time. She was in great health. <laughs> oh, Grandma, I'm so sorry. She's a big listener. So sorry, she's Grandma. Still yeah. pretty upset with yeah. you, by the way. Uh, tiny houses. Oh, out of the frying pan into the fire for sure. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Do you think you could live in one? Yes. I think we live in one right now. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a studio apartment right now. And oh, we have okay. so for the past. Really yeah, we've, we've yeah. been living there for longer than we've been married. So it's been a really long time and we've been making it work. Yeah, out of the frying pan for sure. I think it's, I don't know if I could live in any place smaller than ours. But I think it's great. People have the opportunity to pay less for rent and they can travel. They can do whatever they want. So I think why that's not? the big thing yeah. when you think of the the tiny house. So first of all, when people say tiny house, you think of the ones on the wheels and the television right. shows and stuff like that. But it's really anywhere where you're you're choosing, you're opting into less room mm-hmm. yeah. than yeah. what you would think you would need mm-hmm. based on cultural um, uh, requirements and right. uh, considerations and stuff like that. But the idea is to live sort of a minimal lifestyle at home mm-hmm. so you can go out and do that other yeah. stuff. Right. And it kind of forces you into going out and, like, meeting people and being yes. uh, social. and Finding the third nature. spaces and all that good stuff. Right, yeah. right, rather than just nesting mm-hmm. and yes. just having all the things that you need at home so you never have to leave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's Yeah. Good. Well, Although, that's if we had children, I think... I, we probably would think differently. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. or like larger pets, right? Or uh, eventually needing a kitchen of your own so you could start cooking yeah, at home right, and yeah. stuff like that. I'm sure. I think that that's the most challenging. When I've seen those those tiny homes, there's no basically no kitchen. Yeah. And if you're gonna be cooking, like your bed's gonna smell like uh, lomo right. saltado right. Right. or pan con chicharrón. Yeah. Which is not bad. Yeah. Like. I, okay, so we'll get to that. That's going to be a bad <laughs> okay, okay, idea okay. coming up. So I want to leave that for now. Uh, let's get a couple more in. I was curious what you thought about smart homes. So going back to technology. Mm. Out of the frying pan, into the fire. You know, I'm kind of mixed on that. I'm in, I'm in the middle. So uh, you're, in a, you're, in a, you're in a studio apartment. So right now you don't need an app to turn something on in the right. other room because just you're in the over, other room. Yeah, yeah you can That's true. That's true. 
Or sometimes it would on. be nice though. I don't have to get up out of the couch, you know, to turn on the the light. That'd be convenient. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but yeah, I would say. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go just with like the driver, uh, the self-driving cars out of the fry pan. I mean, I think it's it's bound to happen. It's yep. where we're going there. Hopefully, there'll be some more. Um, they'll be more open about you know the privacy, uh, the data and stuff that they're collecting, which is probably not gonna happen. Pro- that's wishful thinking. Right. Um, no, they're definitely sending all your stuff. Here's his preferred temperature. There's got to be something positive from it. Uh, yeah, I'll go with out of the fry pan. Okay. Yeah, I think it helps just increase utility. So yeah, out of the fry pan. I like it. So we'll leave this on uh, one last thing. How about sandwiches? Mm. Out of the frying pan. Out of the frying pan for sure. Why not? Yeah. Out of the frying pan. So you guys make some incredible sandwiches, and we'll talk a little bit about where. Okay. So is it Papa Yama or Papa Lama? Either one. Okay. I usually say Papa Lama because I'm usually talking. Yeah, that's that's what we. (laughs) That's what we. Yeah, everybody says Lama, and that's okay. We're okay Okay. with Papa Lama. Yes, Papa Lama. Uh, so you guys make some incredible sandwiches. What is your favorite type of sandwich? What's your, uh, yeah. how, let me ask you this, because this is the first time I've had anybody on who actually cooks even semi-professionally. <laughs> um, I mean, professionally, but yeah. not all the time. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Um, again, I don't have any food here. I just mm-hmm. want to point that out one more time <laughs> to make you feel as guilty as possible. Uh, what... What's your favorite sandwich to make for other people? Okay. And then what is your favorite sandwich to have made for you? Interesting. Well, the pork belly sandwich that we have is that's actually a I want to say more of like a brunch item in Peru. That's kind of what on the weekend, maybe a late breakfast, you know, is is what people are having and it's oh, typically nice. served kind of um family style. So, you'll get a big plate of the pork belly or just different cuts of pork. Um and a you know, big plate of a sweet potato. You have the bread separately. So so I, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, and I would yep. like to make that for somebody. I'd like to eat it. Um, right. yeah, so so anything with, with that uh, Peruvian, the onion, the pickled rel, uh, pickled onion that we make, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's all I need. Okay. Yeah, that's all I need. Um, I love making that sandwich. I think it's one of my favorite things. But for people to make for me, Kevin makes a pretty amazing butifarra, which is like a Peruvian oh. sub. So we have this um, pork that you prepare, and it's cut deli style, and then you put um, that pickled onion, the salsa criolla inside, and you can put other like other types of um, dressings, and it's just so it's just so delicious. I think it would rival public subs for sure. <laughs> well, let's get on that. Let's do that <laughs> right let's now. Do it. Let's do it. All right, Publix. Watch out, Peru's coming for you. <laughs> so let's play song. Thank you guys very much. So we're going to talk more about Papa Lama. We're going to talk more about how you got here mm-hmm. um, and started doing this in the first place because obviously uh, it's so easy to start uh, cooking for people and to you know nearly open a restaurant. I'm just kidding. It's a passion project, and it's what I love to talk to people about. Yeah. So let's hear, oh, how about some Jimi Hendrix, the Jimi Hendrix experience awesome. with the original Little Wing on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. This episode is brought to you by Brand Knuckles. Studies show that branding and your brand may be the most important thing that you will ever do or think about in your life. If you've been to any marketing or social media conference, You would know this. That's why we've developed Brand Knuckles, because we went to one of those conferences and we didn't fully understand what a brand is, so we just started putting logos on brass knuckles. 
Brand Knuckles. Turn your brand into a lethal weapon. Not available in 24 states or the other 26. Don't order at toacertaindegree.com. That the is Jimi Hendrick. Hendrick? Is it Hendrick or Hendrix? That's his brother. <laughs> that is yeah. his brother. Jimi <laughs> Hendrick, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, the Jimi Hendrix Experience with Little Wing on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida. I'm back with a, a lovely couple, Maria and Kevin Ruiz. Thank you so much for being here this morning. And I'm going to go ahead and close this door since we've got some background noise. We're in a new <laughs> studio right now, so talk amongst yourselves for a second. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, we're happy to, happy to be here. It's been a lot of fun and, and a good choice of music, as I mentioned before. Oh, you, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. I spent a lot of time choosing music over the course of the week. Basically, what I do is I put iTunes on random. There you go. And I said, oh, no, there's more to it than that. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> what I say is, okay, knowing Kevin and Maria as I do, which is almost zero, <laughs> but knowing their food as I do, which is at a uh, emotionally... Uh, I'm I'm very uh, attached. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of music inspires me because of their food? So that's where I got some of this. And well, it means a lot because I'm a huge Jimmy fan. So. Oh, is it really? <laughs> I like Jimmy. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, very good. Because uh, I just heard, um, obviously, Stevie Ray Vaughan's version of Little Wing, and I know a lot of people think it's superior in many ways to Jimmy Hendrix, but it's like, Jimi Hendrix came up with it. I mean, yeah, it's good. It's really not to take anything away from Stevie Ray Vaughan, but it's, uh, yeah. And then um, I didn't say we heard Ema Sumac uh, at the beginning with Gopher. So that is a musical artist of Peruvian descent. And my understanding is both of you are of Peruvian descent. That is correct. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. So Papa Lama, uh, I'm going to read the description here because I thought it was, it was very well done, very succinct. Oh is a scratch pop-up kitchen serving modern Peruvian fare. At some point, you guys sat down and said, you know what Orlando's missing? And I know we have some Peruvian restaurants, yeah. but we don't have anything doing, anyone doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You guys sat down and decided, you know what, let's do this. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I like about your story is you just didn't decide to open a restaurant, which can mm -hmm. be very, I never worked in food service. Mm -hmm. So I worked in retail, but I've never worked in food service. But my understanding is, Opening a restaurant is like hitting yourself in the face with a bucket. So it's you're you're passionate about right. it, but it's, it's right. also <laughs> just like next to impossible mm -hmm. in many cases to be successful at it. So pop up kitchen. Let's talk a little bit about that. So where did this come from, and how did it evolve into the pop up kitchen? And if you want to talk about what's next, I'd love to talk about that too. Uh, definitely. So about uh, I mean. Our, our food project has been in the works for many, many, many years. Uh, about two years ago is when we decided uh, for myself to leave my job and focus on Papalama full-time. Uh, the, there was a trend go going around. There's a bunch of pop-up restaurants kind of all over the, the states. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's been going on forever, right? I mean, a pop-up technically is just you're setting up. It could be one of the street food vendors in Peru or in, in, in any other country. Uh, but it's kind of it's starting to take uh, take form in, in the states and with San Francisco yeah. being on the map and, and the pop ups they have there. So we thought it was a great a uh, great way to test the concept um, of Peruvian food. And I mean, being from Peru, we're super passionate about Peruvian food. We want to share it with everybody here in or Orlando. We we just uh, it's 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 one of those cuisines that is it's it's been on the rise for many 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 years, and it actually has received um, high acclaim, but 
primarily from kind of the higher end restaurants. So we kind of wanted to take take a step back and 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 be more have more a more casual approach with it, make it more accessible, uh, more accessible. And we thought you know partnering with somebody like Red Light, Red Light would be uh, great. Mm-hmm. So we tested out the the pop up concept, started adding new menu items, and it's been a year and a half, a little over a year and a half, and and we're we're going strong, and we're happy for what's you know what's next. Um, so. You want I to think add if you if you check out that Orlando Sentinel article that you meant, I think you mentioned it earlier. Um, we talked about like why we did the pop up, and it was at the end of the day, you know, we were looking for a, a brick and mortar. We couldn't find one that was quite that quite met our requirements as far as space and location and character. Um, and so, well, and you also didn't know if it was going to work, right? To yeah. make the investment. Yes into a full restaurant to find potentially, you know, somebody to partner with if you needed that, Mm -hmm. um, to loan out all the money and then to find out that it's not the right location or it's not the right uh, combination of menu items or something along that. concept, yeah. Right, yeah, it can be very disconcerting. Exactly. And so um, at at the risk of sounding, you know, a little uh, cliche, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, one of the, one of the, I really believe that Papalama was a byproduct of both of our thinkings combined. And what I mean by that is, you know, Kevin has always been super passionate about food. He's been cooking since he was really, really little. Um, and so from my perspective, I, I actually work in technology and in technology and software development, we have a concept called agile where, you know, you build something that's the minimum viable product. So it's like the least, the least the in, amount of work, um, of work that you can possibly do to get your concept out there. Um, and not that it's not labor intensive. It's just like the features are, are, may, are maybe scaled down. It's not as robust. Um, but you just kind of put it out there to be a proof of concept. Um, and so this is basically – this was basically a proof of concept mm-hmm. because – um, you know, small business loans are very difficult to come by. Like you said, it's very expensive to open up a restaurant. So at some level, you need to be able to say, you know, we did this with this amount of investment and this is what we were, what we were able to generate. Yeah. Um, a lot of it being organically speaking, because it's not like we had a huge budget to start out with. Right. Um, and so to that point, I think um, this obviously speaks to like the, the the democratization of businesses starting up because you don't have to have a brick and mortar location as, as a matter of fact i think today's technology and just the way that we live I, it it breeds an opportunity for for people to just kind of you know just try stuff out you know and um and just be try to be forward thinking about it so yeah, having done a couple of pop-ups myself on more again more on the retail side yep. Uh, you mentioned technology, like I can take credit cards mm-hmm. now easily yep. without any kind of thing. And the investment isn't so huge, like mm-hmm. working retail when I was a kid at my parents' shops, you know, you have to have the cash register and you have to have the credit card processor and you have to have the landline mm-hmm. and you have all these things that went into it that made it impossible to do a pop-up. Yep. Um, Absolutely. As opposed to now where you have people who are very open to it, like a red light, red light, or Mm -hmm. um, opportunities like Tasty Tuesday or Tasty Takeover, which Mm -hmm. is where I met you guys in the first place, Um, back when I could eat all the (laughs) Papa Rianos that I could, (laughs) Um, and now I don't think I can anymore, uh, just because it goes right to my thighs. Gotcha, gotcha. But uh, yeah, it's just so much easier to do that and to test it. But what I love about it for you guys is what I'm hearing 
is that it's not about like you're not looking for a million dollar idea. Mm-hmm. You're looking it's a passion project, but it's also a creative outlet for mm-hmm. you, I would imagine. Oh, for sure. You have you know, Maria, you have a day job, mm-hmm. but I would imagine that, you know, this is satisfying on a completely different level yeah. when you get to go out there, meet people. Uh, make a meal for them, see how satisfied they are afterwards. Mm-hmm. And you get to introduce, Kevin, I mean, you, you've been doing this for two years now. Yep. You get to introduce them to something new that's about uh, your culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's super important because, uh, like you said, just seeing someone smile because they've li- tried something they've never tried before, I think that's really special. Yeah, And, and I really... I really appreciate that. You know, when people come up, come up to us and say, this was literally, I've never had anything like this. I mean, that's great. And then people keep coming back and back and back again. And, and that makes it even more special. Um, and we really appreciate that. Every, all, of our, all of our customers, especially the ones who literally come on a weekly basis, we are very thankful for, for their support. Um, and we do think there's a, a next step that we can take. You've seen the setup um, mm-hmm. at our pop-ups. Um, we do the best we can, you know, with our four fry pans and <laughs> so you're and prepping jam. a lot of stuff beforehand but uh yes you're, obviously you have to make some you know make some of it right there yeah definitely um, most definitely of our dishes are made or, to order yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yeah so it's still a little bit of a challenge to not have a full definitely uh, setup and so yeah. you know even a uh, a food truck might be the next step or Sure, uh, sure. Mortar. So, yeah, what is it that you're looking at next? Yeah, so in the short term, it's definitely we, we're going to host um, some events uh, starting in July, uh, most likely, uh, that have us use a kitchen. So we'll, oh, we won't nice. get into too much detail, but, but having a full kitchen will allow us to be more efficient so people will be waiting less time to receive their food. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be able to make multiple uh, dishes. We'll be able to expand our menu. Uh, right, a bit as well. Only doing two, three, two, three dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so so that's not. We wish we could we could offer more, so people sure. could have more variety. So so I think it's gonna be it's the next step. We're very excited about. I'm very excited about it. Right? Can I go ahead and put a reservation in, or how? Does I that think work? I think you. <laughs> I think you're good. Yeah. Pre-order like now. now. Yeah. Don't okay. Worry. <laughs> Just give me a hundred bucks, and then you know we'll be good. Perfect. Oh, I can do those things. Um, yeah, I think. Um, so to Kevin's point, we, we've, the future, um, we definitely want to find that brick and mortar restaurant and something that we've been working on pretty aggressively recently. So hopefully we'll have more news on that front. Um, but I think it's just time for us to take the next step. You know, Red Light, Red Light was an exceptional opportunity for us to take up residency there every week. And so now that we've kind of come to the end of that residency, we're super grateful for our time there. And we learned so much. We, you know, we, we built a base there and Brent and Erica are amazing partners. Their entire staff has been super supportive of us. And so we are eternally indebted to them for the opportunity. And we'll definitely be back. I mean, we love, we love red light. And also, I mean, shout out to them because they're like a few food incubator. I mean, there's pretty much food every, every day, almost, I think over there and, and some of the best, Current restaurants like Orlando Meats has popped up there. Hunger Street, you know, has popped up there. So, so kudos to them for for helping you know uh, people like us yeah, get started and yeah, yeah and build their brand. Yeah, I think it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, let me ask you this because I think that from my background is uh, I'm Greek and I was born in Canada, but I really identify as Greek because I'm first mm-hmm. uh, generation. Mm-hmm. My parents are both from my mom's from Athens. My dad's family's from Rhodos. Wow. So out awesome. in the islands. 
Um, but culturally, like, there's already Greek restaurants here, mm-hmm. yes. right? People kind of understand what Greek cuisine is. They may not like everything. They know what a gyro or a gyro, mm-hmm. unfortunately, <laughs> is, gyro. Um, is uh, they kind of have an idea, like pastizo is the Greek version of lasagna. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know much about Peruvian fare uh, until you guys popped up. I think I may have accidentally stumbled upon a Peruvian restaurant prior to that. Mm-hmm. Probably didn't go in, though. I mm-hmm. probably just drove by and go, oh, <laughs> I didn't even know there was Peruvian yeah. cuisine. Uh, something along those lines. So how important is it for you with your uh, identity to, to be doing that? Because I would imagine that that's a, that's a big part of it, as well as introducing this to a culture and an audience uh, that doesn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's, well, it's exciting because we're, we're promoting, you know, our culture. Uh, and for us, it was also important to kind of put our spin on, on Peruvian food as well, right. because... I so think, you're not just translate. It's not just coming over as is. Exactly correct, correct. Because I think that is, it's not an issue. It's just not the focus of the traditional Peruvian restaurants, typically, um, you know, in town. So, and typically, their their target demographic are specifically Peruvians, possibly some of the uh, some other uh, of the Hispanic culture. Um, so for us, knowing, you know, we're going to be at a place like Red Light, you know, our target demographic is not going to be just strictly Peruvians. Uh, plating was a was a huge huge deal for us. I think um, for whatever reasons, just some some of this, the the presentation of, of some of the more traditional Peruvian uh, uh, plates are just not very appealing to somebody who's not Peruvian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, oh, yeah, a dish might yeah. be beautiful and, and just you delicious. Eat with your eyes first, exactly. Yes. So yeah. it might not be appealing. So it, that was important for us, you know, to to make sure the presentation was was unique and different and, and mm-hmm. appealing to our demographic. Uh, and also changing just subtle, subtle things, maybe subtle, I don't want to say flavors, uh, but maybe just different combinations like adding, um, I, I don't know, just adding certain ingredients yeah. to a certain dish just to, to complement the flavors a, a little bit better. To your point and um, what I mentioned earlier about the desserts, because we are limited with, we don't have the same ing- ingredient set that we would have if we were in Peru. So right. it, it creates um, opportunity to be creative and just ju- try to work around that situation and hopefully produce a product that you're just as proud of as if you were using the original ingredients, you know. Um, but our our overall flavors are very much rooted in tradition. They're, like, if you are Peruvian, you can definitely see, okay, this is a take on something that I've been eating my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's super meaningful for us when we, when we do have Peruvians, um, especially people, um, Peruvians like us that, you know, are, you know, grew up American, if you will, um, but they've, you know, for them, per- Peruvian food is a way for them to stay, stay connected to their families. It's something that their parents would make for them. Right. Um, for them to come over and be like, this is so good. And then have somebody who's never tried the food before and say, this is so good. I mean, that is just, you know, that I think that was the point where we were like, okay, we're on to something here. But, you know, also, also, I think when, when we launched, and this was a misconception of mine, is people already know Peruvian food. Uh, may, maybe yeah, they, they're not right? all like me, who's fairly <laughs> ignorant. No, no, no. Well, I was wrong. Many, many things. I thought they had at least heard of it. Maybe not tried it, but yeah. they had heard of it. But I, I was, I was wrong. I mean, few people actually had heard of it, and and 
I was I was actually shocked by it, but it was good. Then that kind of allowed us to kind of uh, take action, knowing knowing that information. Again, that's oh, great that we learned we doing, yeah. when we were doing a pop up versus opening up, you know, brick and mortar first. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just um, we have to continue learning, right? Continue um, working on our brand, working on the menu, which is June. That's my main focus, right, babe? We're we're just. Mm-hmm. Full full menu. We're, we're actually launching a brand new menu for for our next pop up. So that's what we're working on right if now. If you need any help, like if you're cooking you know at home or if you want to come, <laughs> you might over be to my getting kitchen, an invite. Why not? Why uh, not? You want to taste test some stuff or some opinions on that? <laughs> I'm always curious about this because this, uh, being you know nearly first generation, I was mm-hmm. born in Canada, uh, and then we moved down. Yeah, I'm always curious about how people uh, from different backgrounds self identify. Yeah. Um, but then I'm also curious about, you know, from an entrepreneurial perspective, when somebody asks you, what do you do and mm-hmm. how you self-identify as well? So when somebody asks you, where are you from? What do you usually say? Peru. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Peru. Yeah. Okay. That's where we were born. So yeah. 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 Um, but to, to your point, like I grew up in Orlando for the most part. I've been here since I was in elementary school. Kevin's been in Florida for most mm-hmm. of his mm-hmm. life too. Yeah. So but our families have always instilled. I mean, we grew up in a Peruvian, you know, inside the house. It was a, at least for, for myself, uh, mm-hmm. it was a Peruvian house, right? right? Peruvian culture. We spoke Spanish and we still speak Spanish at home. And uh, outside, obviously, it's a, it's, it's a whole different thing. But I think that was important. I'm very happy. You know, my family instilled uh, that culture in me. That's why I have the passion, not only for the food, but for, for the culture. And I think that was, that was important. Yeah, I'm happy about that. So I know that um, it, it depends on the context, obviously, of who you're talking to. But somebody asks you what you do. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, you've been doing this sort of full time for a couple of years. Maria, I know you actually have a, a day job, mm-hmm. essentially. So when somebody asks you about that, how do you how do you describe what it is that you do? I just I pitch the, the pop up restaurant. Yeah. Hey, make sure to follow us online. I yeah. ask how long we have so I can explain. <laughs> 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 so I have a long list. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to Kevin's point, you know, when we talk about Papa Llama, it's always, you know, we're a pop-up kitchen. When I first talked about it, I would always be like, uh, you know, it's like a food truck, but without the truck, you know, so we, we just kind of go. It's a good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. and it, I think it gets people to understand it, but then I think it also sets up the, um, the, the perception differently because um, we, we don't quite have as much variety as a, as a food truck does. We cook mm-hmm. right in front of you, for example. You don't really see that in a food truck, so... Um, some, sometimes those subtle differences are difficult to explain in a sound bite. Um, but for, for myself, it's, you know, I've always, um, I've always looked at Kevin as, you know, the executive chef, owner, operator of the business. I help him out wherever I can. And obviously sometimes that means being cashier or helping plate items or, um, but really, or yelling at him, Hey, come on. Um, but he's, um, he's really the you know, the originator of, of Papa Lama. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, no, actually I want to save this. So what's interesting about owning something like a pop-up or doing something like a pop-up or a restaurant or a food truck is the social media part, mm-hmm. right? So I want to talk about that a little bit later because I think that obviously you're of a generation that grew up a little bit more with the internet. Mm-hmm. So this comes a little more naturally to you. Uh, for me, uh, it's very tough. Um, so constantly having to be out there and promoting yourself. And even when somebody asks you what you do mm-hmm. and, you know, you have these two or four or eight different hats that you're wearing, yeah. how to describe that. Um, but right now, I think, yeah, let's take a break. Let's, sure. let's listen to some music. And then we're going to come back with some uh, bad business ideas. 
So uh, apparently, again, uh, Kevin, I was uh, somehow inspired by you without knowing this. Uh, this is George Benson. So this is going to be another guitarist, uh, but much more on the jazz side. Awesome. Uh, so this is his cover of Sunny on WPRK. Nice. Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. This episode is brought to you by Farm Off the Turnip Truck. Growing your own fruits and vegetables is a wonderful way to stay healthy. But what is your home garden missing? That's right, mobility. At Farm Off the Turnip Truck, we put a backyard into the back of your car so you always have access to a healthy meal. Farm Off the Turnip Truck. Get your greens on the go. Go for a spin with your salad. Give a lift to your legumes. Cart around those carrots. Get trucking with your tomatoes. Get a free estimate for converting your vehicle at toacertaindegree.com. Nomo on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. Every week I have the pleasure, the privilege, the honor. Am I setting you guys up too much? <laughs> Do you think? Is that, is that a little over like the top? I feel like royalty right now. Yeah, this good, nice. good. Uh, you know, there was a royal wedding a couple weeks ago, yeah, so let's so just build on that. Why weren't we invited? Kevin know. and Maria Ruiz are here. Thank you guys so much for being here. My pleasure. We're talking about the Papa Llama pop-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about uh, Peruvian food and culture. And so one thing I always want to bring into the culture talk is, uh, you know, my background being Greek and um, a little bit of a gypsy is uh, bad business ideas, which was inspired by my family. Okay. Every time I go home, uh, you know, they have another scheme, another million dollar idea that they have no intention of doing themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want me to do or somebody else. Okay. They just want to be validated on their idea, which is essentially what this is. Uh, and I don't know <laughs> if you read the fine print, but as a, an, uh, as a guest on the show or guests, since there's two of you, you have to pick one of these, whichever one you feel is better, but then actually do them as well. Okay. <laughs> so I know that uh, with full-time jobs, with the pop-ups, with the, everything else you have going on, you'll have plenty of time for these <laughs> of course. amazing, of course. amazing, yeah. amazing ideas. So let me go ahead and play the song. Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Yes, bad business ideas. This is what it sounds like when doves cry. <laughs> so I, before we get to your ideas, uh, this was something that came up. So I went to Red Light, Red Light last mm-hmm. week. You guys were sold out, and understandably so, because it's amazing food. Uh, if you've not been... Uh, you want to follow Papa Lama on Instagram and on Facebook and figure out where they're going to be next. But one thing that really struck me when I walked into Red Light, Red Light was the aroma, the smell, the scent, the fragrance mm-hmm. was remarkable. So how do we bottle that <laughs> for Papa Lama as well? Like not only the food, you got to have other products, right? Uh-huh, like you can have uh-huh. T-shirts, you're going to have stickers, you're going to yeah. have all that stuff. But the aroma, I want, I want braised carne in my car. <laughs> I want the chicharron in my house. I want to smell like the Lomo Saltado. I want to, yeah. you know, like a cologne. So Papa Aroma is, oh. you know, anything that we can put the, the smell of the food into, like we're going to do that. So I was thinking you could have a, a, 
Papa Riano um, stuffed like a stress ball. Okay. But every time okay. you squeeze it, you get the smell. <laughs> you can have the little thing that hangs down from your uh, the rearview mirror um, instead of the little pine yeah. cone. Why, who wants to smell like pine cones? No. <laughs> I don't I mean, even like it. No, nobody. No one ever. Uh, you can smell like a little bit of the chicharron yeah. in the car. Why not? Um, you know, you have that aspect of it. Uh, and then cologne. Uh, yeah. Let's of face course. it. Of course. I'm going to smell way better <laughs> if I smell like a modern take on Peruvian fare. So, Papa Lama, I'm just I saying, like you it. get a like punch it. out. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to pitch you food ideas. No, this no, is no. the worst idea, honestly. Oh, what about <laughs> I actually really like That's it. That's very but... neat. Well, scented candles are big. It doesn't like Four Rivers have, I believe they sell. In like their in their line, yeah, they do. They like do. a brisket's uh, scented candle or yeah. something, maybe okay. barbecues. Yeah, oh. well, there you go. So Damn. you already have proof of concept. <laughs> yep, it works. Uh, maybe expand your brand that way. Marie and Kevin, may I call you Marie and Kevin? Yes, of course. Okay. Great. Uh, this is an older idea, but I thought this would come up very well. So you do pop ups, uh, but you understand the the food truck crowd. You understand the culture that goes mm-hmm. along with it. You've been doing. Tasty Takeover, you've been mm-hmm. in a pop-up at Red Light, Red Light. So this was an older idea that hasn't really gotten off the ground. So I'm going to pitch it to you to see if this is one that you like that you might want to follow up with. Okay. Um, the problem with food trucks is that they're very large. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to find sure. a place to have them. It's very complicated in there. So what I'd like to do is start a, an organization called Small Potatoes. And what we're going to do is have mini food trucks. So we're going to convert Ooh. Priuses. Honda like Civics, the Mazda Miatas of the world. Yes. Now, obviously, this is a very simple concept, so you're only going to be able to serve one thing mm-hmm. because it's basically in your Mazda Miata, let's say, mm-hmm. you're going to have the driver's seat and the steering wheel, and then where the passenger seat was is your deep fryer, mm-hmm. for example. Ooh. Okay, okay. I like that. Yeah. What I'd like to do is, is really bring... Uh, like that tiny house movement mm-hmm. to food trucks. You can just pull right up with a Mazda Miata pull up anywhere anywhere yeah. right in and the middle of just, traffic you could you're be just serving like, hey, food paparina <laughs> paparina uh I, so i really like that idea then there was another one i want to combine two it mm-hmm. was called farm off the turnip truck where i have a truck obviously and you know most of the time the the bed is empty mm-hmm. so i want to take advantage of that the way that uh, fleet farming is taking advantage of empty yards Mm-hmm. Right, the yards are just sitting there. Nobody's doing anything with them, mm-hmm. so they're turning them into gardens. I would like to do that with my truck bed, but I'd also like to do this in this Mazda Miata. So, guess what? Your microgreens are literally <laughs> just coming right out of your trunk. Beautiful. That's yeah. probably the best idea because we could just buy them from you. Well, you could have them. Yeah. Oh, you could. We could Perfect. convert your car. What are you <laughs> driving? Oh, uh, have van. Uh, Nissan, oh, the cargo van. Yeah. Okay, so that's too bad. <laughs> no, we need smaller. So we'll yes. take My your, Hyundai Elantra. Your, there you go. There you go. Perfect, Maria. We're going to convert that. We're going to do the garden, maybe on top. Maybe you okay. still need your trunk for other things. Yeah. I don't know what that would be. Uh, but it's very sustainable. Um, it's not as complicated as a food truck. It's probably not as hygienic as a food truck either. Mm-hmm. But right. And we don't want that. We six want of one, half dozen of the other. I don't think you should say that out loud. So I take it back. Yeah, okay. <laughs> The owner and uh, <laughs> operator of Papa Lama is not saying that. That all. was not me. I'm saying that. That was you, yes. That was me <laughs> imitating Kevin for a second. Okay, so that's idea number one. Okay. Is small potatoes. Uh, idea number two. What's the biggest problem with smartphones? 
They're too smart. That you're always on them? Ah. <laughs> Both of those true, and they give you the directions to anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. Why that's a problem is that you're obviously also going, you're probably going to some places you should go, but you're going to a lot of places that you don't go. I get directions to get a boba tea. I get a direction to the local record store, mm-hmm. a place where I can get, uh, you know, a dessert often, uh, Kelly's ice cream, for mm-hmm. example. Um, so I'm not necessarily going to the right places. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to do is create an app yeah. that uh, is directional. So it overtakes. You would use this for mapping. And so what it does is every time you want to go somewhere to spend money or to maybe eat things that aren't very healthy or uh, otherwise waste your time doing other things, um, it will take you first somewhere that you should go, mm-hmm. and then you get to go to the place you want to go. <laughs> yeah. So, for example, I'll maybe run an errand or I'm going out, uh, and it'll take me to Second Harvest first, so I have to okay. volunteer there uh, yeah. before I can go out to dinner. And then uh, maybe I have to go and, volu- and go to the library and read a book or get some books out before I go to the donut shop. So those sorts of things. Okay. That's called Map Best. That's going to help you live your best life. That's a, that's a great um, idea. Because it's forcing you to live your best life. Because obviously we can't find anything anymore on our own. There's that's no definitely paper maps not. anywhere. We're relying on right. our smartphones. Right. So if the smartphone won't unlock and tell me where the donut <laughs> shop is until I go into the library for yeah. an hour. Yeah. yeah, That's a pretty good idea. You're onto something. Yeah. Like these, none of these things have been like awful ideas. I do well, want to I think say. A, I, I think there's two things with it. I think part of it is how do we do any of these things? Like I don't know how to build an app. Uh-huh. It sounds uh-huh. really expensive. And then the second part is I don't know that you know anybody will want me to work on their car. <laughs> that's very true. So but, I the, think that, but the the bed of the truck situation. The bed of the truck. That's a very good. Hey. I mean, that's found space, right? There you go. I'm just wondering if on the highway, if stuff is just going to fly yeah. out into the person behind you. Microgreens with like, you know, a little bit yeah, of metal bit shards. Of yeah, a little soil, a little oil. Uh, a little, uh, I don't know. I feel like people put a lot of stuff in the, in the bed of their truck that they shouldn't be doing anyway. That's so. a good point. Yeah. <laughs> that is the way I get rid of a lot of my stuff. You put it in. Listen, if it's still here afterwards, oh, it was God. meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, you have to let things go sometimes, yeah. guys. Yeah. And put it in the back of your truck. Maybe that's a philosophy we should go. If you have a truck, just put the stuff you may think about getting rid of, not people or animals, but other things, yeah. and drive around. And Please if it's don't still do there that. at the end, <laughs> it was meant to be. Because it might not only get blown out, it might get stolen, too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's very true. I didn't yeah. think about that. All right. So <laughs> we're going to talk. Uh, do you have a choice there? Do you, do you have a choice? Uh, you have a choice. You have okay. two wonderful okay. meals set before you, mm-hmm. Matt Best and Small Potatoes. Mm-hmm. Or I guess you can go with Papa Aroma. Mm-hmm. Which would you choose? And you guys can... Hands down, Papa Aroma. Yeah. Who you guys are choosing the same thing. Papa Aroma. Constantly. I think she's going to launch this. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even joking. All right. I want to get some credit. <laughs> Okay. For it. Well, we have dog. Our dog has these toys, so that could be the base, and we can just kind of put something over it, mm-hmm. like one of his balls or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. And <laughs> add the scent. So I don't know how you add the scent. There's so many sewing people in town that we yeah. could get the yeah. Pavariano yeah. like made. Just always have like these, you know, these fabrics next to the area that we're cooking, that you're and cooking, then yeah. that will infuse the fabric. And mm-hmm. yeah. 
Oh, there you go. So yeah. you could actually trade them in. Like with it, orchids, you wait for, you bring them home, you wait for them to die, and then you go and yes. there's certain orchid vendors that you trade it in, right? Yeah. And yeah, they think, you you're going to bring that back? Good luck. Let me get some more flowers. <laughs> um, you could do the same thing with these guys is, you know, the squeeze ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, well, yep. it's starting to fade. Yeah. Let me bring it back. Bring now it back I have an excuse or reason yes. to go in and get some food, too, <laughs> while I'm at it. Or you can just give them out to people who are working at the office because then they're going to squeeze it. Everyone else in the office is going to smell it, and right. then they're all going to want your food. Exactly. That's right. You know, the, the, the funny thing is, though, the smell aspect is a huge reason why people come over oh. and try our food. Right? Goodness uh, gracious, like, that is, smells amazing. What's going on back here? And then I they must find have. it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it helps. It helps yeah. us. So yes. it's not the worst idea, I'm telling you, Nick. All right. I, we're on to it. We're on to it. It's not the worst idea uh, is going to be the new name of this segment. <laughs> it's not the worst idea. Uh, so I hear that a lot from people as well. Well, thank you very much. And then uh, let's play a song. This is Milton uh, Nascimento. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last okay. name. Okay. Uh, with dancing on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This episode is brought to you by Lawn Hair. Have some unsightly brown patches of grass in your yard? How do your neighbors stand it? Sure, you could start a feud, or you can order lawn hair to fix the problem. Unlike sod or seeds, lawn hair instantly turns your brown upside down, into green. With our patented delivery system, we spray fiberglass that was stained to match the exact shade of your lawn, like magic. As long as no one breathes during installation, or walks on or near the new grass, ever. You'll have the best lawn on the block, and that may be a guarantee. Schedule your lawn hairdo at toacertaindegree.com. All right. So, uh, Kevin, who do we just hear from? Milton? Some Milton Nascimento. Nascimento. There you go. Thank you. That was perfect. <laughs> and that was dancing. That was off of a really good album called Red Hot in Rio. Um, that was uh, a lot of different artists coming together, um, famous American and international artists with Brazilian artists, and it was for AIDS research. So this was back in like 95, 96. Really, really good album. You have people on there like uh, Sting and um, uh, David Byrne, and they're singing with uh, their counterparts from Brazil, and so it's really cool. Um, So I'm here. Kevin and Maria Ruiz are here. Uh, It's We don't have that much time left, guys. It has been a pleasure to talk to me. I'm just going to keep saying it that way. So future guests feel that way when they listen to this episode (laughs) as well. But uh, Papa Llama, the Papa Llama pop-up, if you haven't eaten there or smelled their food, uh, you're missing out on something quite nice. So please follow them on Instagram and Facebook. One thing I wanted to talk to you about is you guys are significantly younger than me. Uh, I'm 106 years old, as you can tell from talking I knew it. to me. Yep, just looking at me, and you go, "Yep, that is what a 106 year old looks like." <laughs> but one thing that you have to do when you're starting up your side project, and I hate at this point, I don't like the term side hustle anymore, yeah. okay. because I feel like it's it's a cre- it's not just to make some money; it's a creative outlet for yeah. you. It's a passion project. It's all of those things, mm-hmm. um, but to do it right in this day and age you have to be a pretty decent social media user. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go out and put stuff up consistently. You have to be on at least two channels, which you guys are for the mm-hmm. most part. 
I tried to do three and I was like, well, what am I doing on Twitter? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I stopped doing that altogether and I feel much better about myself now <laughs> um, just because I have that extra 15 minutes a day where I'm not struggling to think of 280 characters that might get shared. Um, <laughs> but it, was that tough? Like coming into it, did you consider that in terms of when you were looking at this pop-up, like, okay, we really need to have a strategy for social media or was it just, did it happen kind of organically as you started doing things? Um, it did not happen organically, no. <laughs> it definitely takes, um, you know, we're, we, while we are younger, we're not necessarily people who collectively have, like, I have probably like 150 friends on Facebook. Like, yeah. I don't really have a huge social media presence, personally speaking, um, and so p- coming into this, it was definitely a learning experience of understanding, you know, understanding the channel, understanding what type of content you should be curating for it. And then ultimately, you know, what works and what doesn't. And, um, that unfortunately, it, it takes like homework, you know, unless you're naturally a pro at it, which, which, I mean, that's great. Some people are, um, I'm not, so it took a lot of effort to try to get to the point where we're at, and we're still learning, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think but, even the pros are still yeah, trying to figure it out. Yeah, especially when the yeah. channel itself keeps changing its algorithm. Like, <laughs> Instagram, if you're listening, come on. <laughs> you're you know, killing us. You're, you're killing us. You're killing us. <laughs> yeah, and I, also I think it's, it's tough, those sponsored posts. We're learning a lot yeah. about that, and I think people in general are really learning a, a lot about that because – Facebook can show you the analytics of, you know, whatever data they use and what measurements they use to quantify the success of, of your post. But it's still, you know, we're not sure, hey, for every dollar we spend, what actual impact are we getting? So that's, that's I think, a crucial thing that we're still learning, right? And, yeah. and, and hopefully we'll, we'll know more about. I think also there's a very personal aspect to it because, like you mentioned, it's not a side hustle. It's really, truly um, a representation of you Mm -hmm. and, you know, something that you put your heart and soul into. So it is very difficult to not take that sort of thing personally when you see something that, you know, got 50 likes or whatever, you know, and then you see, you know, your neighbor is getting like 3,000. Right, It's tough, you know, because um, it's difficult to not take a step back and, um, and not take it personally. Uh, and you, we, we really shouldn't, you know, like if, if I have any advice for somebody who is starting a business or trying to grow their business on social, it's, you know, don't give up. If you keep posting and you keep uh, being consistent, like you said, um, you know, that sort of thing, really, um, the algorithm will like you more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will surface more on other people's feeds. Um, and people want to hear from you, you know? I mean, and, and that's the important thing is, like, um, if I can say anything is don't make everything a sales message, you know? It's, that's a big part of it. Yeah, like, you know, if I was a T-shirt company, yes, it'd be great to know, like, when, as a consumer, when their sales are, are going on or when there's a new product, but I also am following you for a reason. It's because I either believe in your brand or I feel like you're part of my lifestyle. And so otherwise I would just go to your store whenever I need to, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I think that that's really important um, for especially smaller brands to think about because there's just so much else to think about when you're doing a business that social sometimes is an afterthought, but it, you really can't literally afford to do that, you know? You so, have to do yeah. something with mm-hmm. it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is interesting too is you. Uh, we heard all these things about um, uh, a few months ago about the people who were on Twitter who were buying followers and how 
you know, that's looked on very, like you're not credible at that point, right? right? Whether mm-hmm. you're a writer or some sort of celebrity. Um, and that's really not an option for somebody who's doing a small business on the side, especially right. a passion project, is to, to go out and buy followers. Um, yeah. So I think, though, there are some things that you can do, though, that aren't shady. You can ask friends and family mm-hmm. to, like, hey, can you just comment on some of my posts? So sure. yeah. the algorithm will pick it up more. Yeah. Um, and encourage them to do that sort of thing. Obviously, whenever you're talking to people, you're mm-hmm. telling them about the Instagram or you're giving out cards or you're, yeah. you're doing something. Um, and maybe that's another thing is uh, Chicharron with the Instagram on there, it somehow. Yeah, I, I like it. It's a, you know, the <laughs> at symbol pork belly. Yeah. Um, that's a really good idea, too. I wish I had come up with that earlier <laughs> doing the bad business ideas. But what other advice, and, uh, you know, take it back a little bit, too, because you guys both went to to UCF. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have for people coming out of high school who are maybe thinking, yeah, I might go to college, I might not, but Mm -hmm. I know there's this this thing that I really want to pursue. Yeah. Is there anything you would have done differently or you would have thought about differently? Yeah, I think, I think. You have to do something that you're you're passionate about, I think, um, it just it just makes sense, right? I mean, I was passionate about about cooking, and so now we have Papalama. But not everything is as, is that clear, especially when you're when you're younger. Um, you know, sometimes I can I can think, you know, I regret going to school because I, I could have just focused on you know uh, on, on on the craft of, of cooking, right? Maybe going to culinary school. Uh, but when you're young, you kind of don't know what you want sometimes, and I think that, that that's okay. And uh, I wouldn't change going to college definitely because it was a good opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to learn a lot, you know, to meet new people. And I still had the opportunity to do eventually what I wanted, which is uh, more of a trade, right, like cooking. So, so take your time and don't don't stress out about what you what you what the future is going to hold for you. And uh, I think if you have the ability to go to school, I'd say still, still do it. Why not? I mean, you're going to, it's, it's going to be a great experience. And uh, yeah. Uh, I think ultimately, you know, um, I actually have been asked this question recently a few times and my message is always whatever it is that you're interested in doing, whether it's being, uh, you know, an, a, a painter or being a musician or being a chef or whatever, um, especially if, even if it's creative, I would highly recommend anyone going to school and getting a business degree. Um, because ultimately, you know, the stuff that you do, like as far as learning how to, how to progress your creative skills, um, unfortunately we live in an, in a world where there is an economy and you have to get money to be able to pay for things and, you know, to be able to afford whatever lifestyle you wish you, you, you had, and so um, just having that, that tool set is really valuable. Kevin went to school for economics. I mm-hmm. went to school for accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm also working on my master's. Like this stuff, um, if, you're, if you don't do it yourself, you're going to have to eventually pay somebody to do it. So it's probably better for you to just do it yourself, <laughs> at least to begin with, you know. Well, it's a really interesting point because I think that culturally, you know, and I work in admissions, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and I have a 14-year-old and 11-year-old, and I'm really thinking about, okay, well, what does this mean? Even yeah. though I know about it, it still makes me nervous to think about their future yeah, because I want them to be happy and I want them to do all these things. But it, what's been interesting to me is you have so many opportunities now to learn about what it is that you want to learn about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, for Papa Lama, for what you guys are doing, 
you didn't do that in college because there is no college sure. course for starting a pop-up. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. we start a master's degree <laughs> afterwards. Um, you just did it, mm-hmm. right? And you learned on the go and you looked at, I don't know if you went to YouTube and looked at videos for how to do certain things or, uh, you know, went to different areas and looked for advice on what kind of credit card processor you should use sure. or yeah. sure. where to get different things or maybe even from a, so- we were talking about social media, Maybe advice on, you know, the best way for a, a pop-up or a restaurant to use mm-hmm. social media to engage mm-hmm. with its customers. Um, you can learn all that stuff and then you can be engaged uh, in those things and stimulated uh, as long as you take the time to do it. Mm-hmm. I think this idea that I'm going to go to college for writing and then I'm going to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it'll be stimulating and you'll have deadlines and you'll probably produce a bunch of stuff. But... You may not be a writer after that. You sure, still sure. you still have to work at it. Yeah. You're not going to get this piece of paper and just be a writer. Right. Or be exactly. a business owner mm-hmm. or be some, mm-hmm. you know, one of those things. You still there's still a lot of learning and you mm-hmm. have to really embrace that. Absolutely. Agreed. And that's maybe I, I if I could go back in time I would I I, I enjoy my economics uh completing that degree, but also maybe maybe doing something different. I'm not into theater or anything like that, but maybe some something more artsy, right? I think why not? You I know? think everybody should That'd have to great. take like an improv class yeah. or get ready to speak. I mean, I you know, so. I think because so. if you are going to be promoting, whether it is your full-time job or your side project, guess what? You're going to be doing a lot of networking. Oh, yes. And <laughs> as an introvert myself or a recovering introvert, <laughs> man, it is exhausting. Yeah, it is. So, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it is tough. And you guys strike me as very outgoing, but I don't know. After this, you I might was, have to oh, sit down. <laughs> Yeah. And fall asleep for two hours yeah. or not talk to anybody for a couple of days. Yeah. I've always been More an coffee. introvert, but it took a lot of practice, you yeah. know, just putting yourself out there. I, I get it. <laughs> Very good. Well, let's listen to another song. Thank you guys for that. That's some good advice mm-hmm. that I hope. Uh, all, very big with the youngsters. Um, and so uh, youngsters, if you're mm-hmm. out there, and I know you are, take that advice. These guys mm-hmm. know what they're talking about. They're significantly, as I mentioned, significantly younger than me, (laughs) definitely not 106 years old. Let's listen to Koreatown right now with Further, and then we're going to come back with a pop quiz for you guys. Very special day today. (laughs) Uh, That's on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Hello, Nick here. If you're like me, you get mad at people. And if you're also like me, you're getting older and forgetting the people you have beef with. Until now. Our new sponsor, I'm a big fan, Track and Ruin, takes the work out of managing your anger. Who are we tracking here? Who are we talking about? How about the person who didn't tell you about the spinach in your teeth or that your collar was popped? They took your parking space. They never acknowledged a gift. Whatever the wrong is, whether it's real or imaginary, you put it into your phone through our app. But Nick, you say, what makes this more special than a regular list? I'm glad you asked. What Track and Ruin does is cross-reference the wrongdoer wherever they exist on your phone across every possible medium. That person posts something funny on Facebook and you click like, our app won't let you. It'll set up a warning so that you can't like any of their posts for, say, three days to three years. Another person on your list calls and asks you for a favor. The app prevents you from calling them back until a certain amount of time has elapsed. Yes, it's passive aggressive and petty, but so was she when she gave you that backhanded compliment about your shoes. Track and ruin. Your retribution is our business. Koreatown on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. 
Good morning, my name is Nick. I am back here with two very special guests, Maria and Kevin Ruiz. Good morning again, guys. Good morning. And you guys are about to hit everyone's favorite, uh, most favorite segment, uh, the pop quiz. So I've not told you what this pop quiz is going to be about. Oh, goodness. Because I want to surprise you. Uh (laughs) But it is a big anniversary today. Uh, So 220 years ago today, a man by the name of Giacomo Girolamo Casanova passed away. So not, but not before creating a legend for himself that would make his name synonymous with seduction, promiscuity, and jumping out of windows to escape the authorities. Mm-hmm. So we all know Casanova. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name Casanova carries with it a certain heat, as does the name of former guest and friend of the show, Zach Prusak, who is here to help us with this pop quiz. So Zach leads the uh, Nature Conservancy's Florida fire team, so he's always setting fires again. So it's Zach's literal heat meeting Casanova's figurative heat. So let's hear from Zach. Hello, Zach. Howdy, folks. Glad to be here to bring a little heat to these questions. You know, really fire you up. Hopefully this doesn't burn you too much. Oh, okay, forget it. Casanova was 73 years old when he shuffled off this mortal coil. And you may have this vision in your head of who he was. Now, we know Casanova the lover. Casanova the womanizer. Casanova the gambler. Let's get to know him a little better by looking at Casanova the social media user. If you were to visit Casanova's LinkedIn page, you might see experience as a spy, military officer, violinist, playwright, con man, and clergyman, among other listings. He was, of course, a con man for much longer than a clergyman. What was not one of the careers you will see on his LinkedIn page? A, librarian, B, lawyer, or C, lumberjack? All right, so that's the first question. Let me add that I'm going to keep score, and whoever wins is my favorite. (laughs) All right, all right. Okay. There we go. Okay. Okay. So librarian, lawyer, or lumberjack? What was he not during his 73 years? I'll go. Ladies first. Oh, this is getting competitive. (laughs) I like it. Um, I would say lumberjack. Lumberjack, okay. I'll go with librarian. Librarian, okay, good. You guys are not agreeing immediately, so that's great. That works out really well for this. So let's hear from Zach for the right answer. Okay, folks, time's up. Pencils down. So as far as we know... He was never a C lumberjack. (laughs) Towards the end of his life, he was a librarian to Count Joseph Carl von Waldstein. It was a job he didn't like much, but allowed him time to write his memoirs. Casanova graduated law school at the age of 17, but didn't spend much time as a practicing lawyer. He was more interested in staying one step ahead of the authorities and jealous people and his con victims. All right, so very good. So Maria is on the board. Kevin, come on, man. All right, are you ready for the next question? Yes. All right, here we go. Take it away, Zach. After being kicked out of his hometown of Venice, Casanova got on Airbnb and found a place to crash in Paris. He was 30 years old at this point and had matured. He deleted Tinder and asked his Facebook network for advice. They told him the fastest way to ingratiate himself with the French nobility was to raise money for the government. 
So Casanova soon became the top salesman for the first state lottery, sold bonds to help underwrite the cost of the Seven Years' War, and may have had a scam or two on the side. It was the richest he would ever be in his life. So what did he invest his hard-earned money in? A, a silk manufacturer. B, a haberdashery. I love to say that word. Thank you, Nick. Or C, Bitcoin. So, and this I found fascinating when I'm reading about him is that, first of all, France started its lottery back then. Mm-hmm. And he was like the best salesman in the world for lottery tickets. So, the charm, the sure. everything mm-hmm. else that goes along with that. Uh, so, he did invest his money. Um, it, was it a silk manufacturer, like a factory? A haberdashery, which is a clothing store, I think, okay. and or Bitcoin. So, which would you choose? I guess the first one, silk. The silk manufacturer. Okay. I was going to say the first one too, but now I. You can go say with. the same answer, man. <laughs> okay. This is really competitive. Did you guys know you were this competitive with <sighs> each other? I'm extremely competitive. Okay, great. <laughs> you should know that about me. Um, I'll I'll go A. You'll go A. Okay. So you both say the silk yeah. manufacturer, yeah. Sure. not Bitcoin, huh? All right, Zach, what's the right answer? The correct answer is A, a silk manufacturer. Yeah, he just didn't think Bitcoin would be a thing, sort of like everybody else. He manufactured silk, but not for long. Casanova ran the factory, as you may imagine, loaning himself money to gamble, having affairs with workers, and getting into trouble with the authorities once again. So, very nice. He was manufacturing silk. You both got that right. All right, this is going to be a subjective question, so this is really going to be about style points. Okay. So I may assign more. Don't want to put the pressure on, but (laughs) this is a super important one. On the run once more, Casanova lived his best life on Instagram, never letting his followers know about his lack of money, ethics, or various STDs. Like some people on Instagram, well, (laughs) not me, of course, he made some claims that may not have been totally true. This included bestowing imaginary titles on himself. These included the Chevalier de Saint-Gaul and the Count de Ferrucci. If you could give yourself a title, what would it be? As for me, I, I, I would be, I'd be the king of all ants. Then they would follow me and we'd take over the world and we'd, uh, uh, sorry, back to you. (laughs) Zach is also, uh, along with setting fires, he's a, a biology major uh, and he did his master's in biology. He was always fascinated with ants, so that's mm. where that comes oh, from. Uh, so Casanova called himself the Chevalier de Saint-Galt and the Count de Ferrucci. If you could give yourself a title, if you could just bestow yourself a title, what would it be? Um, and so I'll, I'll answer first, uh, because I would be a baron, mm-hmm. uh, because I've always wanted to be like someone's arch nemesis, and I think if you wanted to be an arch nemesis, it would be a baron. And a character that I have made up for my daughter is Trippy McCatface, which is uh, a nemesis to her character, Detective Catsocks. So I would be Va- Baron Trippy McCatface. Okay. This is, this is tough. Yeah. This is tough. About you guys. Do you want to come back to this? you want to go on to the next question? Or do you want to just try to answer? How about what title would okay. you have, first of all? I don't really know the difference between the different titles, so. <laughs> Let's assume there's no difference. Okay. Because it's just, it's all royalty, right? Like okay. Like, you could be a okay. knight, you could be a dame, uh, a baron. 
Baroness if you wanted to. Okay. I would definitely be a knight. Um, oh, nice. That's what I was going to say, because yeah. okay. UCF. <laughs> There's still a lot um, of other ones out there. Yeah. So, prince. okay, so immediately when this question was asked, I thought about this um, one thing that I did a long time ago when, do you remember when Beyonce had Sasha Fierce as her, as her alter ego. Yeah. So um, there was some game that I played that was like, come up with your Beyonce name. And I've always been a huge fan of sushi. So I said that I would be Sashimi Fierce. So I would be Knight Sashimi Sashimi Fierce. Fierce. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to win. She's going to (laughs) win. Kevin, come on, you got to try. You know, I'm blanking here, but I can only think of a, uh, like a knight in, uh, a knight of the shining frying pan. Knight of the shine, shining frying Ooh, pan. Yes. Okay. I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to tell you what the score is. At this point. <laughs> she, she, she can have that one. That was, she, hers is much better. That was an like under that. pressure answer based on the first uh, segment. I like that. You should always <laughs> the have... Segment. An answer ready for yes. if you were to give yourself a title <laughs> and lie to people. Yeah. I think that obviously also speaks to how honest probably Kevin is yeah. and yes. how potentially duplicitous <laughs> Maria and I are. So let's get back to Kevin before I explore that even more and get myself into oh, trouble. Uh, yeah. So next question, Zach, please save me from this. Most of Casanova's disputes were of a romantic or financial nature. But he did get into some Twitter wars with other authors. This included one pretty prominent philosopher at the time. Yes, quiz time. Was it A, Voltaire, B, Rousseau, or C, Kanye? It's a tough one because everybody also always gets into beef with Kanye. Was it Kanye, Voltaire, or Rousseau? Was it Kanye or Kanye? Maybe it was an old old school... (laughs) Uh, what is yeah, uh, the back in the the Enlightenment, oh, Kanye? B. So we have a Rousseau, a vote for Rousseau. I'm trying to remember what years they were around, and I can't. Um, oh, they were. I'll put you. I'll put it this way. Other than Kanye, they, they were, were okay. both. Uh, yeah, she's oh, okay. going around so it could, so when it could be Casanova. Either a or B, physically. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll go A. Voltaire. Voltaire. All right. Let's see what we have here. Okay, put your phones away. I know you were looking this up. And the answer is, of course, A, Voltaire. He got into it with Voltaire about religion of all things. With something like this. At Casanova underscore 1725. WTF at the real Voltaire. You can't take God away from the peeps. What can we replace him with? At the real Voltaire. R-O-F-L at Casanova underscore 1725. I'm trying to prove free will. Go Netflix and chill. It's really nice that we have the, the conversations from back then yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice to, to have that there. Okay. This is for all the marbles. This is the last okay. question. Okay. Right, Kevin, you can come back. I know. I need to You have to up. get it exactly right, though. <laughs> Casanova's memoirs were written old school on MySpace. It is considered one of the most accurate descriptions of life in the 1700s. But it took historians a while to translate it since there are no emojis. In English, Casanova's story is roughly how many pages total? That's right, this is your last question. Closest to the right answer without going over wins. Huge prizes. Nick will supply them. 
Uh, All right, what do you think? So his memoirs, knowing that he was a bit egotistical, uh, he had plenty of time to write them. Mm -hmm. Um, How many pages in English? I'm going to phone a friend. Okay, good, good. My phone. (laughs) Do you want to call Zach? Because he knows the answer. Zach, (laughs) yeah. Wow. I mean, who who knows? Uh, Let's go with. I want to say 2,000 pages. 2,000 pages. Mm -hmm. I'll double that. 4,000. 4,000 pages. All right, let's see. Okay, answer time. Unabridged. You're looking at about 3,500 pages, which Casanova split (laughs) into 12 volumes. That's a lot of exaggerations. Well, that's it for me. Thanks, Nick, for having me on the show again. And really, I'm glad we could get past the whole Yanni versus Laurel debate that has really driven a huge wedge in our friendship. It really did. So when I want to when I want to reconnect with my friends, that's what I do is I actually just uh, have them on the show again uh, to do quizzes and such. Zach Prusak, I hope we all learned something today. Mm-hmm. Did we? A lot. That's did very we? clever, by the way, how you guys did that. I, I enjoyed that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yes. he actually called in. That wasn't on the. I wasn't just playing <laughs> that recorded off of the CD. Um, so he called in for that. Uh, follow Zach on Twitter at FireAntMan or uh, FireAntMan7 on the Instagrams. There were six other Fire Ant Men already on Instagram when he got that. So it's that's like he's number seven. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and learn more about the important work the Nature Conservancy does here in Florida at nature.org slash Florida. I'm going to go ahead and chalk that up as a tie. You're both my favorite. <laughs> well, I won that last one. I was closer, right? Was, yeah, I, I just, closer. I know yes. how competitive she is. <laughs> so I'm just trying to get you not into too much trouble. I thought it was going to be 3,000. That would have been funny. It would have been right in the middle. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's hear from Lauren Hill. This is Killing Me Softly because I feel like we just heard about Casanova. So All right. that would be a good Stupid. one on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. This episode is brought to you by Fast and Loose. Many, many reputable studies tell us that the worst part of traveling is anxiety. Specifically, the worry of how you're going to look once you get there. Traipsing around like a tourist? No, thank you. Drop your dread with Fast and Loose, the only clothing trading service we could find in a quick Google search. Simply pack your bag, leave it at the airport in one of our lockers, and pick up your rental luggage at your destination. Just like the bag you left behind, this one is also packed by a local, so you know you're going to look authentic. Are they the same size? Maybe. Do they have everything you might need? Possibly. Are you worried about fitting in? Well, we sure hope not. Fast and loose. Reserve your next trip at toacertaindegree.com. Lauren Hill on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was killing me softly. So after a Casanova uh, level experience, I think that was an appropriate song. Guys, uh, Maria, Kevin Ruiz, to a certain degree. It was a wonderful show. We got to get out of here. And I'm sorry to say that because I could talk to you guys for several more hours to get some cooking tips. We didn't. We never got to the cooking tips. That's true. My recipes. Yeah. I, obviously, you don't want to give away too much, but yeah, that would have been nice. But to learn more about you guys, to follow you, to figure out what's going on next, because as a pop-up, you pop up. Yeah. So you're going to have to follow you to figure out what's going on. 
It's papalama.co, mm-hmm. um, and that's with two L's, mm-hmm. um, and at papalamaco on Instagram and Facebook. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That is correct. right. P-A-P-A-L-L-A-M-A-C-O. That's, That's way too long. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> um, so thank you guys so much for being here today. Anything else you want to add or anything else you want to plug while you're um, here? So just to, uh, as you mentioned earlier, last week was our last week at Red Light, Red Light for our weekly Wednesdays. But we are going to be putting up some more events very, very soon. So do follow us to know where to find us. Um and, uh, yeah, I mean, we're so excited about what's coming up next, and I think people are going to be pumped about it as well. So, yeah. yeah. Happy to be here, Nick. Oh, thank you so much. Well, thank I love you very having much. different people in. I love having a variety of people where I can learn stuff. So learned a lot today. I've got two artists coming in next week. I got a podcaster the week after. I got a tarot card reader the week after that. Okay. So I am going to learn so much this month. Yes. Uh, June. And then I feel like that's important because uh, July is my birthday. I'm turning 107. So I really want to accomplish as much as I can before that happens. So in case you want to get me anything or in case you're thinking of an event that you want to do, Bastille Day is not only a national French holiday, but it is my birthday as well. Oh. So maybe I know it's not necessarily celebrated in Peru, but... Just in case you wanted to do something there, uh, it would be my birthday. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I've been Nick. I will probably continue to be Nick. I'll release Kevin and Maria (laughs) back into the world. And you've been listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Stay tuned for Smarketing News. Thank you. Thank Thank you, guys. Thank you. (laughs) And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. Follow us on Instagram. Just search for To A Certain Degree. Follow us on Facebook. Just search for To A Certain Degree. Just search anywhere for To A Certain Degree. If you need some other great podcasts, local podcasts, go find Scotch and Good Conversation. Amanda and Emily, we have a podcast. Tonyville and Towny Tourist, just to name several. If you liked what you heard, let Nick know. Seriously, let him know. Although I'm Nick, so why am I speaking in third person? Mm-hmm.